Hello, Lehi, and welcome to our monthly podcast where we talk about all things that are relevant to our community. My name's Cameron. And I'm Melanie. And we're your hosts for this podcast. As usual, we'll be starting with the mayor's message. And then today we're excited to have our economic development director, Marlon Eldred. He's here to talk about what the heck he does all day long. <laughs> Let's get started. Well, it's time for Mayor Johnson. Mayor, we're glad to have you here with us today. I am so happy to be here. Welcome hey, back. we've got some good news. We have 20 listeners. Awesome. Yeah. 26. Yeah. Let's get it right. 26. <laughs> just kidding. I don't even know. Just the numbers are going up every now, up. As long as so. they're going up, not going yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're uh, happy to have you here with us again. We love this, this section of the podcast because we talk about things that uh, you as the mayor have insights into that, you know, are are really impacting our community. And this is late breaking information. Uh, yeah. We talked about this in our council meeting last night, the pre-council meeting. So, uh, Mayor, we want to talk today about uh, regional transportation issues. You presented last night kind of some information about what the city is doing to prepare, maybe to help with some of that impact that is coming from other communities going through Lehigh to kind of help with transportation issues. So what uh, what what does Lehigh have hopefully coming down the road in the future? Well, it has been four years now that uh, we've been working on uh, on a new transportation plan. And uh, it's been one of my goals because obviously transportation is, is, is a biggie. It's what everybody is concerned about, you know, right after growth, but transportation is directly related to growth. What, uh, what affects us more than just growth in Lehigh is growth outside of Lehigh, adjacent to Lehigh. So we have to deal with all the traffic that comes from Saratoga Springs, Eagle Mountain, points to the east and north. And uh, we have to deal, deal with that traffic. And so it makes it very difficult for us to plan our roads and pay for improvements when we don't receive any tax revenue to pay for those improvements. So in the past, we've had to lobby our, the federal government. We've received some money in, in the past to help take care of some of those improvements that need to be done. But we knew looking ahead, and I mean ahead and you know to the year 2050 and beyond, we needed to come up with a solution that would work in the future. So we're not always trying to catch up. Last night, we had an opportunity in city council to reveal a plan for the point of the mountain area uh, that we believe and all the numbers seem to indicate pretty strongly that we have found a solution. Mm -hmm. That's great. So what, uh, that, yeah, that, that is great. We're excited about, you know, this. And, and what's interesting about this is that it takes so many years for these plans to come, come about. I know when uh, they were talking about the Tech Corridor project on I-15, that was eight or 10 years in the works to get that to happen. So, so it's good that we're kind of looking forward to 2050 to, to be on top of that. What right now would you say are the biggest issues with transportation around the point of the mountain? Is it north-south? Is it east-west? Is it kind of combination of all of it? Or, you know, what, what are the biggest issues that we see? Well, they're trying to develop some east-west connectivity at the point of the mountain, but the problem really exists north to south. So everybody is either going east or west to travel either north or south. Because, you know, you look at the point of the mountain, it's in an hourglass shape, so to speak. And uh, everybody has recognized at the state level that this is a problem area. Uh, when I first became mayor, I attended a meeting. I was actually put on the uh, Point of the Mountain Commission, uh, 
that had uh, asked Envision Utah to do a study in regards to the point of the mountain transportation issue. Uh, so I was pretty excited on January 18th when that the results of that study was presented to the Point of the Mountain Commission. And they had identified some of the solutions that Lehigh had already been looking at previously as being solutions that would definitely need to be considered to repair some of the you know future circumstance. So they could have skipped that whole process and just asked Lehigh. They could have. Yeah, we're on top of it. Yep. <laughs> so we actually started looking at this back in 2008, and we made some proposals to UDOT. Kind of got a sideways with them quite a bit, actually, when they built the 2100 North Corridor, because that was not supposed to be a connecting uh, freeway to freeway connector. That was actually supposed to be just an arterial route from some documents that uh, mutual documents that we planned with UDOT in 2004. Uh, once they built 2100 North the way they did, it drastically in, uh, increased the traffic and caused a lot of the problems we're seeing along that corridor today. Yeah, so that's uh, that's interesting. So uh, in the plan that we talked about last night, there was a, a presentation that recommended an, an east to west connection between Redwood and Mountain View Corridor down to I-15. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So let me go back once again to 2008. In 2008, we made a proposal that there needed to be a connect a connection between uh, the Mountain View Corridor that was planned and I-15 at the closest point, uh, which was right at the point of the mountain. Now, that required some some difficult engineering but engineers liked engineers, so, you know, I knew that was possible. <laughs> but it did require a very high bridge, and that is what had UDOT concerned. And so, but we knew it would resolve some of the issues. We knew it was a critical component. Push that up to January 2018 when I sat in that meeting, <clears throat> and the results of the study that was presented actually showed a connector, uh, connecting road at that location. I about stood up in my chair and cheered at that point, but I restrained myself because I'm like, bingo, that's what we had already recognized in Lehigh. So now in the meeting last night, we made a similar proposal that would handle the same traffic in a more efficient manner. It doesn't require the high bridge. It's in a, a slightly different location. We've moved it south and it only handles the traffic that is going from, coming from the southwest and going to the northeast. And then, of course, in the PM hours, it would handle the traffic in the same direction or the opposite direction, if you will. And uh, so that would mean that everybody traveling northbound who lived west of Lehigh would actually have a direct route to I-15 and points north. It meant that if you were traveling south from west of Lehigh, then you would take the 2100 north route and get on the freeway and ha handle or travel south from there. The numbers are actually, they're, they're quite appealing, uh, the reduction of traffic and what it's going to do to save some of the, uh, uh, some of the, the traffic congestion we're seeing on 2100 North even today. Yeah, and that's the biggest uh, uh, draw to this is that um, it, it does uh, reduce traffic on some of those major roads that we're seeing issues with right now, 2100 North, Triumph Boulevard, some of those areas. And, and it's hard to visualize that on, a, on an audio podcast, but, but if you uh, watch the recording from our city council meeting from last night, uh, you can see some of these images and, and graphics that show uh, that reduction. So 
and Mayor, these numbers, are, are they talking about today or are they talking about in 2050 what those numbers would look like? These are projection numbers to, to 2050. 2050. what they are. Okay. And to give you an example, and I realize doing it in a podcast environment is hard to explain it, but the new route that we're talking about, that new connector, that will take 85,000 trips a day out of the Lehigh City network. And that's pretty that's significant. Cool. That's cool. Is it like they're planning on doing projects up to 2050 or it's all happening? Like what's, does there like a time, does that make sense? <laughs> I don't yeah, know if that what's, question. What's the next steps? Yeah, what's the next steps, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Well, the next steps from where we are now, mm-hmm. if, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Okay. <laughs> so we wanted to present this last night because this is going to be part of our master transportation plan. Now, to be clear, we had to finish the new general plan, which we just adopted, mm-hmm. before we could move forward with the uh, master transportation plan because you use the numbers that are developed from the, the general plan. So I wanted to reveal this last night. And, and so that we could start having those discussions with our state legislators, because that's critically important, because that's where the funding's going to have to come from. We're going to D.C. in a few weeks. We'll probably lobby them for funds, and it will probably be transportation funds. Uh, and hopefully we'll have some similar success like we've had in the past, because these are truly re- regional problems. Uh, So the next step will be to complete the master transportation plan, which will have our proposal. It will will include all of Lehigh, just not the point of the mountain area, which is critical because there's going to be some good stuff going on south, Lehigh as well. But the thing that is so important to this is this will help resolve issues for our adjacent cities, not just Lehigh. It helps resolve transportation issues for Saratoga Springs and Eagle Mountain and points east of us and also north and south. Yeah, and that's it, it, it's good that you bring up uh, the south part of Lehigh as well because I know there's similar traffic issues down south with residents that live in Eagle Mountain and Saratoga trying to get south towards Provo. And so, you know, we're actively looking at uh, solutions to that as well. So this transportation master planning is is a very complex process. And how often does the city update this master plan? Well, generally, you always update the master transportation plan when you update the general plan. Now, our general plan has not been updated for quite a while, and I think I remember at least one instance where we came through and we revised the master transportation plan since then. But this, your your master transportation plan should be modified probably every five to ten years. That's good to know. I think like you were saying with it being regional, that's what was going through my head the whole time you started introducing this all. Like it's such a tricky project. It doesn't, it makes sense. It would have to take so much time because it really does affect all the cities around us, not just Lehigh. And I, that's a lot of work. Well, and this is critical for us right now is because they are developing the plans right now for the extension of the Mountain View corridor through Camp Williams. Okay. Uh, That's, That's a very important route uh, for Saratoga Springs and Eagle Mountain, but that only takes them to the northwest. It doesn't really take them to the northeast. We realized in the study that that people are still going to want to go to the east, right, northeast, which there's a couple couple routes that connect them, and those will be overburdened unless we come up with this new direct connector. And when I say direct, it'll be an off-ramp 
from Mountain View Corridor and an on-ramp onto I-15, nothing in between. You know, you will, you will be, you are a dedicated destination driver, if mm-hmm. you will. Yep. Well, this is great. And I, I'm excited to see where this goes. And, and hopefully we'll be able to secure some funding in the future to be able to get this completed. Like you said, this is a regional project. So we're relying a lot on our state and our federal representatives to help us with that funding. But uh, this is a, a good first step to get us uh, in that direction. So uh, Mary, we appreciate you bringing this forward. And, and of course, your, your foresight and looking towards the future on these transportation issues. So thanks for thanks, uh, being Mary. with us today. I'm happy to talk about this issue. all right so now to our feature segment of the podcast we have with us today marlon eldred he's our economic development director marlon welcome thanks for being with us thank you guys for having me today i appreciate the opportunity okay first first most important question is it economic development or economic development it is economic development that is what was on everyone's minds (laughs) all right that's a wrap thanks for having us uh, joining us today all right marlon so what is economic development tell us a little bit about what you do and how that benefits lehigh city so economic development is really going around and creating a quality of life or a better quality of life for residents in a community. Um, So we focus on business, business retention, uh, business recruitment, Uh, business recruitment from the aspect of bringing in new businesses. And also we have to focus on our local businesses. A second aspect of that is also looking at uh, housing. How does housing work within a community? You know, people have to have a place to live. And the third component is looking at retail. You need a place to shop. So at the end of the day, it creates kind of a three-legged stool, job creation, housing, and retail. The last piece of it then is quality of life. So the aesthetics, parks, uh, trail systems, you know, looking at our natural beauty that we have here in Lehigh. So that's something that we've got that's built in. So economic development then is kind of creating that place, making that reason, uh, the opportunities for residents um, and people to live and work and play here in Lehigh. Oh, who knew? I always wondered what you did. <laughs> I was like, what's Marlon doing over there? <laughs> so what do you say then, uh, you know, obviously Lehigh has been growing pretty rapidly and we've been attracting a lot of new businesses. For residents that say we don't, we don't need to have any more businesses come to Lehigh because we don't want any more people to come to Lehigh, how would you address that? So the aspect that you need to understand is a lot of people, about a third of employees in a business community will actually live in your community. The other two-thirds are going to commute in. So when you bring a business in, um, yes, you are going to create uh, more uh family opportunities in your community, but a lot of people are going to commute in. Those commuters that come in are hopefully going to shop in your community. They're going to buy goods and services, eat lunch, grab a gas, gallon of milk on the way home, but then they leave your community and they go back to their community that that they live in. So the job creation is needed for the tax base. It's also needed to create the jobs within your community because that's what creates the wealth within your community. So we do need um, recruitment of businesses to an area, especially in Lehigh. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that's why we were doing all of that. (laughs) So what what kind of things do we do to recruit businesses uh, to Lehigh? 
So the, the nice thing is Lehigh is the epicenter or the heart of Silicon Slopes. Businesses tend to um, culminate together. So we've created a tech sector, um, Adobe, uh, Microsoft, uh, Oracle, um, Podium, Weave. The list goes on and on and on. Um, and what you find is tech companies like to be located next to each other. They feed off of each other, whether it's employment, whether it's um, understanding the tech industry, um, coding, et cetera, et cetera. So what we've created in Lehigh is this nexus of tech. And so we become the, the heart of Silicon Slope. So right now we are being looked at by tech companies. We're being looked at by you know, other companies that want to be located in tech that provide support services. So our recruitment is reaching out to the tech industries, um, looking at colleges. Uh, what are they spinning off? Um, small uh, tech companies that are looking to grow and expand. So that's kind of the, the marketing has been kind of almost homegrown where we're looking internally to grow. And because we are the state of Utah, we're on the map and a lot of tech companies are looking from Boston, New York, San Francisco, uh, the Bay Area to Utah. We've become that epicenter for them to take a look at and to locate to. Would you say, though, with your job, I just want to kind of clarify, like because I know sometimes on Facebook, people will be like, we don't want this business. That's not necessarily, we're not recruiting every business that comes. You just are kind of looking for the holes that maybe the residents need, right? Is that sometimes they just come and that's not necessarily us. I'm currently recruiting. recruiting a beef slaughterhouse to Lehigh because that's what the residents need. That's what No, <laughs> the reality is a lot of businesses will locate to a community because that's where they want to be located mm -hmm. to. So are we actively engaged in trying to bring in a molasses company or no, we're not. We're looking at and being very strategic in the businesses that we're going out to recruit. Again, we're trying to stay in the tech sector, tech sector industry because that's where we've got our nexus. The second aspect of it is Lehigh has very little to no manufacturing, large manufacturing, half million million square foot facility. Why would we recruit a manufacturer? Great jobs, great opportunities, but the reality is it doesn't fit the Lehigh model because we don't have the space for them. Conversely, we have over 5.5 million square feet of Class A office space. That's what tech companies are looking for. So you then recruit to your, uh, your strengths, and that's what we do. That's why we try and fill in those holes. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about housing then, the next leg of that stool. So what what do we do? Obviously, we know housing prices have been going up quite a bit as well. What do we do in the process of economic development and recruiting these businesses to make sure that we've got that housing in place? So housing's a, a very tricky subject uh, right now. Um, Cameron, you, you hit the nail on the head. The problem is that uh, we saw a 25% increase um, you know, a uh, single family residential starter home in Lehigh, uh, you're probably about a half million dollars. So the reality is our average uh, household income in Lehigh is almost $90,000. So a resident that, that lives in Lehigh that has that affluent job, and normally that's two, uh, two household income people, usually husband and wife, or, you know, two people that bring that to the table, they can afford that half million dollar home. The reality is not everybody's in that price bracket or income bracket. So now you have to start looking at, is there affordable homes? Affordable homes are being looked at as more multifamily housing. 
Um, our city council's done a great job in looking at multifamily housing and trying to address that issue to say, we want to put them around TOD, transportation-oriented oriented development areas so that they will hopefully utilize transit, help bring down uh, traffic on the roads and things like that. So so you're looking at two aspects of that, of that leg of the stool. The first one is multifamily housing, which we're kind of trying to use as the affordable housing, helping people get out of their parents' basement into an apartment and then hopefully into some type of a single family residential unit. The other issue that we're seeing is uh, a lot of millennials don't want to be tied down. They don't want to have a home. They want to rent. They don't want to have, I don't want to cut a lawn. Uh, I don't want to deal with snow removal. I don't want to deal with these things. The other aspect is the millennial community, they're, they're flexible. I might be here in Utah for two years. I'm going to go to the Bay Area for two years, Seattle for another year, and maybe I'll settle someplace else. So the other aspect is is trying to also create housing for that fluctuating community that doesn't want to own homes. They want to be able to be flexible and move around. So Lehigh right now, we're seeing uh, 900 to 1,000 doors coming online. Doors meaning multifamily as well as single family dwelling units. At 3.8 people per dwelling unit, we're averaging 3,500 new people in Lehigh on an annual basis. Take that by 10 years. We're 35, we're growing 35,000 population in 10 years. So again, it's, it's trying to keep up with that demand for housing. Um, right now, the supply runs anywhere uh, between 10 and 15, almost 20% short of people looking for homes. Until we can get the homes built and we can bring that um, demand down, we're going to continue to see house, housing prices are, uh, will continue to rise. Yeah, that's interesting because we I've been looking for a home, so that hits home. So that hit home, but because there, <laughs> there's so many thanks, thanks, Sandy. <laughs> nice to be appreciated. There's so many people looking for homes that just looking like it was the new build that was almost easier to try to get into because they have a lot of options as opposed to you know we'd see a home or one town home and you know they'd have 10 offers. So that new build is actually, I appreciate it a lot more now that I've been looking for a home than I did before. So, Well, and Melanie, you bring up a great point. Uh, when you look at new builds, a lot of times they come in and it's a set price. You know what you're going to get. Um, here's the price that's locked in. You're not negotiating. We are seeing a fluctuation in supply materials. So wood, uh, cabinetry, windows, everything like that. But with that being factored in, you're absolutely correct. If you're looking at a new build, in some cases, it's a lot easier because you're not competing with this crazy market where we've seen uh, an offer comes in on a home. They're they're asking a half million dollars for the home, but offers are coming in coming in at fifty thousand to almost a hundred thousand dollars over asking. Mm -hmm. And you know, unless you have that cash or capital that's sitting in the bank where you can make those offers, it it makes it really tough for a young family that's just starting out to try and get into a home. Yeah. So you're absolutely correct. That is a very good option to look at a new yeah, build. Yeah, that was good. So. And it's interesting when you talk about TODs, the transit-oriented development, as we talk about the kind of attracting the businesses that fit into where our strengths are, there's also a, a demographic that typically will work at, at tech businesses that are a little bit more appreciative of those transit-oriented developments or being able to live, work, and play kind of in the same area 
And so that's a, that's something that I know our, our community development department, and this is probably more a discussion for Kim, but why they focused a lot on those TODs, because we want to improve our transit options in the, in the community to be able to fit a specific need there as well. Correct. And Cameron, that, that, that goes all the way, not just from offering, you know, public transit to wider sidewalks so that you have the walkability. Um, we have companies like Adobe and Young Living that are very conscious uh, with regards to uh, transportation. And, you know, a lot of those companies, tech companies will provide free bus passes for their employees. Young Living is very conscious about the environment. So they're constantly looking at ways that they can cut down on pollution, even for their building, their employees and everything else. So these TOD areas do become vital for Utah and not just trying to alleviate traffic, but pollution and uh, health of an employee when you can sit on a, on a, a, a front runner or a bus and do some work uh, via Wi-Fi, vice having to drive in and spend, you know, 40 minutes in your car fighting traffic. Uh, we're finding that some employees, when they get in, less stress, they work harder, they work longer hours uh, because they can, they can utilize that commute time. So yes, it, it's very important. Yeah. The interesting thing that I think about TOD is I think they're awesome, but it's like you have to build it for them to come. So then you have to kind of wait through that traffic for a little bit, but then it's overall better for the community, which I think sometimes is hard to see through the traffic to the better option. So I think they're great, though. Uh, Mel, should we talk about your favorite leg of the stool? Yes, retail. Who doesn't love buying things? I think John wishes I didn't love to buy things so much. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about that. So the third leg of the stool is retail. Obviously, you know, we've talked about housing, got to have a place to live. You need to have to have a job so you've got money to afford the housing. But you also need that retail component. Retail component is who wants to drive 10 miles to get a gallon of milk? So it covers everything from your grocery stores to goods and services. I hate to say it, Lowe's, Home Depot, Costco. You know, these are the retail services that, that our residents need. And so as we continue to build out, we're constantly looking at areas, Holbrook Farms, Cold Spring Ranch, and all these areas to say, okay, how far are the residents going to have to drive to get that gallon of milk? And what can we do to work with the developers to help attract that retail? And again, retail can be everything from McDonald's all the way up to uh, Apple, um, you know, being located in your community to Cheesecake Factory to, uh, again, mom and pop clothing stores. So in Lehigh, you don't want just one mix of retail, meaning all national chains. You want a very wide variety, everything from Lehigh Bakery. Um, all the way to the McDonald's, to Texas Roadhouse. And the missing component for Lehigh is finer dining, white linen restaurants. If you're the CEO of a company, where do you, where do you take your you know, employees? Where do you take the vice presidents of companies and stuff when you take them to lunch? And what we see as I visit with a lot of the businesses is they take them to downtown Salt Lake. So we're also trying to change that dynamic in Lehigh to take a look at higher end restaurants, uh, finer dining, um, you know, opportunities to take these CEOs, vice presidents out for a lunch meal um, and stay in Lehigh. The ultimate goal is to create that environment that I live, I work and I play in Lehigh. Therefore, your dollar stays here in Lehigh. It gets, multi, you know, the multiplier effect of it going around the community and how it affects all the other businesses in the community. That's what keeps our economic engine moving forward. 
So like Trader Joe's, is that an option? (laughs) (laughs) So the funny thing about retail, retail follows rooftops. Retail is a very fickle market in that they look at how many, how many rooftops do you have in a, in a geographical area? Because then they know what is your spending habits? How much money? What's the, the, the median household income? How many drive-bys do I get on a daily basis? This all plays into a restaurant or a grocery store or somebody like that locating. So to answer your question outright, Trader Joe's, their demographics, they're looking at for higher income wages. Mm-hmm. Lehigh has it. They're looking for house number of houses in an area, geographical area. Lehigh is still a little short on that note. We are growing, but we are still a little short in that area. The third component of it is drive-bys. So if we could locate them along I-15 corridor or close to I-15 corridor, maybe in some new developments that are going on, that becomes a very viable option for Trader Joe's to take a look at. So (laughs) I want you to explain drive-bys a little bit more because it sounds very menacing, like you want shootings in Lee. Yeah. <laughs> no, drive-bys mean drive-by means how many cars drive by a specific spot on a given okay. day. So you have AM drive-bys, you have PM drive-bys. Again, these are how many cars are driving by this specific piece of dirt. When a retail component's looking, they some components are like, well, we want 30,000 people driving by the front of our store on a daily basis. Okay. Keeping in mind that AM, PM are your higher drive times as well as weekends. So that all plays into uh, the retail mix of them taking a look at it. And that's what differentiates one piece of ground from another piece of ground. Um, that's why you normally don't find a McDonald's right in the middle of a, of a residential neighborhood because they don't have the drive-bys, nor do they have the, the, the stacking for the cars and everything like that. That's why you find them along major corridors, because they get that drive-by with the big golden arches that everybody notices. Mm-hmm. So. Makes sense. Mel grew up in Midvale, so drive-by means something very different there. <laughs> hey, so. Midvale is great. <laughs> <laughs> Super street. <laughs> well, I think the takeaway from this discussion is there's a lot more to getting businesses here and making sure that the quality of life here is here than just sending a letter to a company and selling them a piece of property. So you do a lot for Lehigh and we really appreciate everything that you do to make sure that we've got a, a great city and a, and a booming econ- economy here. So Yeah, way to go, Marlon. Yeah, thank you guys. No, I thoroughly enjoy Lehigh. It's a great community, great city. And all we expect for the future is, I apologize, continued growth but controlled continued growth and great quality of life. Great. All right. Well, thanks for being with us, Marlon. Appreciate it, guys. Okay. Well, this has been a fun day, but let's talk about the serious stuff. This is where we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to Lehigh, but are just fun and uh, interesting. So, Mel, take it away. What are we talking about today? Well, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm kind of nerdy. And, yeah, <laughs> and we've kind of talked about superheroes before, but there's that new movie, the new Spider-Man with all three Spider-Mans, and I've seen a bunch. So I was just curious who your favorite Spider-Man was. Man, that's a good question. Who's my favorite Spider-Man? So I saw yeah. that movie with Mason. We went and saw that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Loved it. It's so good. Yeah. So I'll be honest. I haven't seen the the uh, Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man. You haven't? No, uh. I haven't seen it. So. That's a bummer. I kind of went through this phase where like I was, I, you know, I watched Spider-Man, watched the superhero movies, and then I was just kind of like, eh. And then Marvel kind of rejuvenated that interest. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, the Marvel universe and stuff. Go so, but I'd have to say probably my favorite is, you know, hands down Tom Holland. Tom Holland is adorable. Yeah. I would adopt him. He's so cute. Yeah. That's not the same reason I like that <laughs> one, but uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. He's so cute. I do love Tom Holland. I I'm happy for Andrew Garfield because I feel like he's got a little bit of a resurgence because of this movie. And I feel like he got the shaft a little bit. Like I thought he was a good one, but Tom Holland is just adorable. You know, he was super funny in uh, Marvel's universe or yeah. his, uh, what's that? What's the show called? Uh, uh, the, no way home or the new Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man <laughs> with all three of them. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it was, yeah, he was kind of funny. So I kind of want to yeah. go back and watch it, but yeah, you uh, should watch him. It actually made me remember how much I like the Tobey Maguire ones too. Like, yeah. My nephews hadn't seen like any of them. So we went through and watched a bunch of them. And I was like, oh, he's really good too. So hands down, they're probably all really good. But Tom Holland is just the best. Yeah, Hands down, they're probably all really good. So that's a really definitive answer to. Hands down. Because <laughs> 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 that wasn't the best way to put it. <laughs> so yeah, right. Tom Holland. Okay, Tom Holland. Hey, do you want to give any, uh, any uh call to action for our fans out there. Yeah. So see if I can do this better than I did last podcast. Thanks for everyone for listening. We'll have one next month. Um, be sure to follow us if you don't, so you can get the notifications on when we come and yeah, we'll see you next month. Thanks everyone.